Oh, we're back. Round one of the NHL <laughs> playoffs. Uh, Not even all the way through round one. No. Um, we, we filmed this specifically tonight because either this was going to be me convincing myself that the Rangers have a chance to beat the Penguins, or I would have been on the watch and just throwing out like C-bombs the entire time. So it should be electric content. Got your host, Ken, here. Uh, we're, we're recording. Uh, the Rangers just beat the Penguins on uh, game five. Uh, we'll get into it in a little bit. Uh, let's see how my day went. I had a walk-off softball win. Softball season's back, baby, due to 71 degrees, not a cloud in the sky today. It was, today was a nice day to be outside. Fantastic. And, and like, my, my current job, I don't know if I want to say this out loud. I, I doubt anybody actually listens to it. But, bro, it, it's unbelievable. I've been doing my work, and I'm getting my work done by, like, 2 o'clock. So I've been fucking chilling, watching the Yankees, chilling outside, taking my dogs on walks, like, Life really isn't that bad right now, other than the fucking current Ranger series. But enough about me. Browning, how's it going, buddy? I'm good, man. I work outside every day. This is my favorite time of year because I still have some flexibility because it's a little too cold on the overnight to be painting outside. So it's a lot of carpentry and stuff like that. Uh, I am currently watching Washington down by two with less than two minutes left and the goalie pulled versus Florida. And I believe Will is at the game, our Panthers blogger is at this game. Cool. Yeah. So hope hope it goes well for you, Will. And as always, disco tough shit. Um, no, to say, by the way, did I mention last week that I was going to the Rangers game? I don't. I don't even know if I mentioned it. You. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned it on the pod. You told me. Yeah. I mean, I went to game two. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I'd love to see our bloggers are attending these games. That's fucking yeah. sick. Playoff hockey, man. It's a whole different atmosphere. Like you go to a regular season game, they're still really fun. But like playoff hockey, man, they're. It's intense, man. There's nothing like it. And and you just talked about the, the Panthers and the Capitals. Before we get into all this stuff, I don't know if it's on the news or not, but did you see that video of the of the Capitals and Panthers fan getting in a fight in the stands? No, no. Oh, man. Some Capitals. At, at Florida or at Washington? I don't know where the game was. I want to say... I want to say it was at Washington because the dude, the Washington Capitals guy was a giant dickhead and like nobody really did anything. He kind of dust and buffed two people. He had um, two people like this and he had like the high. The, uh, Listen, in, I've long said in stadium fights, the high ground is key. High ground is key. However, high ground's key for like throwing punches. But yes. if you're on the if you're on the bottom. And you can get a shoulder and pull down. Oh, then the whole over. center of gravity, it's all it's done. over. So if you have the high ground, you got to be perched up on that bench. Otherwise, you Well, listen, if you're, in a, if you're at the point where you're fighting in a stadium, at that point, it's you are, It's like a zombie apocalypse. It's You have to survive <laughs> at all costs. I was thinking about there's that. Nothing, there's nothing more idiotic uh, to digress. I'm not pro. Uh, before we get too much down this road, I'm not pro stadium fighting. But if you have to, like I said, treat it like the zombie apocalypse. Do whatever it takes to get out of there alive. Yeah, and I thought about that, too. I can't ever see myself getting in a fight at a sporting event. Like, yeah, I'll chirp and shit. Have you ever been in a fight at a sporting event? No. No. I'm enjoying the sporting event. I, yeah, I think the only time that I would ever get in a fight is if something crazy happened. Like, earlier this year in that Mets – I think it was the Mets Phillies. The dude took the guy's phone and throw it on the field. I think that's hands on. Like you can fight that's, that dude. dude. That's that's like a thousand dollars if it's the right iPhone, right? I think if somebody touches a female that you're with, 
no matter what the situation is, I think you can throw there. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, if you have a kid and a dude just being obnoxiously, like, throwing cunt bombs around and shit like that, I think you probably have the right to say, hey, stop. And if they don't, then you can probably throw. Like, dude, it's almost like enjoy yourself. However, like, I just feel like playoffs, it probably happens a lot more in playoffs than it would be regular season because it's like. I don't know, man. The seats are so expensive. The time. The the passion. Like, the passion. You know what I mean? But if you're you're an away fan. At a playoff game, let me tell you what you have. Your balls are dragging on the ground. I would not go unless it was like Game Seven. I don't think I'd try to put myself in a position to go see the Rangers play on the road in the playoffs because I know that I'm going to say something and something bad depends on depends on where it is. You know, Philly absolutely not. Pittsburgh probably not either because you'll do something. Mantha and Ekblad just threw punches with 13 seconds left. Drop the mitt. Yeah, that's a that's a big pill. Bobrovsky made a save off his head, and then his blocker, and then windmilled over his back to make the save, and then the pile behind the net. Gloves were dropped. Nothing like a playoff scrum, to be honest with you. So to go back to the playoff, ah, playoff to game fighting. The old, I've been in one fight at a uh, professional ball game. Uh, I was probably, I don't know how old. This is before pre-2004 when the Red Sox were still horrible. We were in the bleachers, a bunch of us hammered, and there was a little a younger girl uh, with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and she asked someone, like, do you know where my dad is? Asked some kid. Like, I'm getting mad just talking about it. Asked some kid who was, like, maybe five rows in front of us where he's like, oh, I saw him over there. And then the girl walked up the way, and him and his buddy started laughing. There was, like, four of them. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, I also looked, think that I looked to bad. my buddies and I'm like, right? And they were like, go. I literally dove on top of the kid from where I was, like four <laughs> rows. Just started, and they all came down. We all got thrown out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's also hands on. That was the only time I've ever been in a fight like that. That's yeah. um All right, let's just hop into it. Lots to talk yeah, about. Mia, Cul- Mia Culpa. Hi, this is Mia Culpa, and I'm here to introduce the Morning Skates Mea Culpas with Cat and Brownie. All right, right, to to start, follow-up. Mike Tyson will not be charged for his punching of the fellow passenger on 420 on the plane that we all saw. The now alleged victim, because there's no case, uh, refused to cooperate with police to provide or provide any statement. Did he try to sue him? I would assume he did. Wait, is this? Will not be? Okay, Okay, so this is just police. I wonder if this dude's going to sue him. I probably he's probably going for civil, I would imagine. But a bunch of people came out and said how hammered the guy was uh, before his flight, and they're like volunteering to talk to police. So who knows? You're a psychopath if you're like I can see getting hammered on the airplane, like drinking from the bar and shit like that. Never in and like I have a couple drinks before I get on a plane just to calm me down, but I could never get on a plane blackout. Like, before it takes off. I would no. be so fucking nervous. And, no. like, dude, you're crammed in. It's hot. They probably have you wearing stupid fucking masks. Like, yeah. absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right. So, good for Tyson. So, that was that. The other ones are my personal mea culpas. All right. So, I said Orr won the cup in 70-71. It was obviously 69-70 and 71-72. <laughs> you for you fucking assholes who are on me about the slightest fucking thing. Yeah. You know what I meant, you fucking jerks. Uh, and then the entire Jerome McGinley thing got way 
off the rails. And I want to apologize to Jerome McGinley, his family, anyone who's a fan of his, anyone who's a friend of mine. And I don't want to spoil any chance I may ever have to meet the greatest person to wear number 12 ever, Jerome McGinley. So. so I'll just delete last week's podcast. So when we reach out to them, if they do a little <laughs> bit of research, they'll just skip over that one. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but so. hey, stick taps for us. That's a pretty yeah. good fucking week. And that was a long pod. So yeah, yeah. Love, love seeing that. All right, let's hop into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but ever since we started doing Mia Culpa's, I like, I keep it kind of very conservative in terms of like what I'm saying. I'm just like, yeah. You're in the back of your head the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> right, dude, I'm playing scared. I'm Libor Hayek out here. Uh, all right, NHL in the news. <laughs> All right, NHL in the fucking news time. Here we go. Um, damn. Pierre Maguire, healthy 10 months on the job, senior vice president of player development, gets canned from the Ottawa Senators. He had two years left on his contract. The position was created by Eugene Melnick, who passed away in March. Are we that su- surprised that he got let go that quick? No, but you know what's funny is I looked – literally looked in a number of sources trying to find out what Pierre still was owed. Can't find it. Pierre probably paid them. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting, interesting that uh, Melnick created that position specifically for Pierre. He wanted him. Pierre gets a lot of shit. I understand. Bro, I, I, I like him. Personally. I, I think if you like hockey, you have to almost respect how much that guy loves it. And his knowledge. He's like a walking encyclopedia. Yeah. Uh, he's everything. And the that fact that Edzo are... hates him makes me like him even more. Oh, bud. Okay. I have my zero of the week. Thank you for bringing that up. But <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, this was shocking. The yeah. New York Islanders fired Barry Trotz. He was let go one year remaining on his contract. Lou Lamarello said it was time for a new voice in the room. Said that the Islanders were failing to meet expectations was part of the reason. Didn't elaborate. He went on to say that he wants to start getting better offensive production out of their defensemen. Shout out to Von Taves, who's lighting it up for the Avalanche right now. He got traded a couple years ago for a couple second round picks. I that's also not, saw that's not Trotz's fault. Mm-mm. That's Lou Lamarello. You think right? Do you right. think that Trotz's system of D to D up the wall is what did him in? Is that what is that what Lou's saying? I saw another report that said. There was a lot. It was almost like the Islanders had to pick between Barzell or Trotz. Oh, and I don't know the, how accurate that is. Uh, it's the Claude Julian Tyler Sagan thing. It's what it is. He wants which him is, to play a defensively responsible game. Which is bizarre because the guys want a cup. And, like, when you buy into a system, it's impossible to play against. So it's like yeah. – but well, um, Listen, the happiest people to hear this was the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets, and you want to know who else? Maybe the Detroit Red Wings. Do him and Eiserman have any history? I don't know if they have history, but I'm telling you what, Steve Eiserman is one of the best general managers in the entire National Hockey League. If you don't think Eiserman's got this guy under his fucking magnifying glass right now, I don't know what the fuck you're thinking. I think you're probably right, but I feel like Eiserman is building his like, – <laughs> you, you, you want his kids to play the right way, right? Is there no head coach yeah, in the league no, that makes their way? And I actually saw – I don't know if you have this. Did you see that Quenville's name's getting thrown out around oh, right really? now? Of no, different not. hiring jobs? That Boy, let me tell you what. I'd hate to be the quick fucking bounce PR. back for Coach Q. I would hate to be the PR guy for whoever hires Coach Q. Right now, anyways, yeah. Oh, boy. 
Um, but I was shocked about this. Barry Trotz, I mean, he he the Islanders were super close going to the cup final. Like yeah. and they started off with that brutal road trip. Everybody had COVID, they had injuries. But they got the brand new building. I mean, I don't know, it's good and bad, right? But Lou does things to his own way and he always has and he has a proven track record also. So my my uh best case scenario is I hire David Quinn. <laughs> Best case, best case scenario. Um, National Predators. So this isn't just a playoff thing. They do this throughout the course of the year with certain teams. So essentially what happened was, as the Predators weren't selling tickets to people who didn't live in the geographical location of Nashville. And they did that. The The TV market area. Well, they did that. You know how they did that? Why? When you buy a ticket, when you buy a ticket, you have to put in your phone number to do so, and they did it by area code. But what if you? What if you? So I could move to Nashville, and I'm not gonna. I've had the same phone number for 20 years. I'm gonna keep it. Not allowed to go. Really? Yep. Because <laughs> I thought the same thing. Because I'm from fucking New York. I lived in Nashville. I can't imagine if I still lived in Nashville and tried to go to a playoff game, they wouldn't let me in because I had a New York area code. There would be held to pay. I wonder if you could supersede that and be like, "Look, here's my license. I live right Maybe. here." Yeah, but my license still says here. I never got that changed. So I probably would have been a big boy. You probably show utility bill or something. Yeah, maybe. Um we have our first is this our first suspension of the playoffs? Yeah, there's been a lot of fines, but this is the first hussy. Um Darnell Nurse suspended one game, elimination game for headbutting Philip Deneau. I mean It was vicious, what the, dude. What the fuck are you thinking, dude? He lost it, wires crossed is my only explanation. I mean, I don't obviously know Darnell Nurse. But talk about a valuable player. You know, I love the way he plays. I really do. Tough game. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, remind me to talk about Warriors Cross when we talk about the Colorado series. All right. Um, yeah, that. I mean, elimination game. We'll talk about Edmonton and the LA Kings here in a little bit. But fuck, that hurts. Uh, Patrick Marlowe calls it a career after 23 seasons. The Sharks, the Leafs, the Penguins. Finishes up with uh, almost 1,800 games played. With 568 goals, 631 assists, and 1,197 points. That's 1,779 games played. 527 PIMS. He, he didn't get to our club. Nope. Oh, well. He added another 195 games played in the playoffs. He went 72, 55 for 127. He's drafted second overall in 97 behind Jumbo Joe, the only active uh, remaining player for that class. Just one of nine NHL players played 1,400 games with one team. Oh, Jesus. You want me to try this? One of I don't know. Nine. I got it in here. If you want to try, buddy. Damn. Eisenman? Uh, nope. What? Oh, you know, sorry. Yep, Eisenman. Sorry. Eisenman has to be there. Uh, you got to th- uh, Mike Madano? Yep. Um, I would. <sighs> Do the Nordiques count as the Avalanche? Doesn't matter. Neither one of them have a player. Joe Sackick, huh? Um, Timu? Nope. One more guess, then I'm giving them to you. I'm just trying to think. And if you get one right, you get to go again. Oh, boy. Are any of them newer? Not newer, but like. Yeah, they all are except for one, two, three. A lot of fucking games, man. Um. Mario didn't get it because he he got sick. Gretzky didn't get it because he wasn't with the Oilers the whole time. Messier didn't get it because he wasn't with the Oilers the whole time. 
I'm just trying to think of fucking Matt Sundin. Mm, no. Okay. Oh. All right. So the most I'm going to go in order. The most ever with one team, Gordy Howe. Then Marlowe. That's a and, and then Nicholas Lidstrom. And then Alex Delvecchio, which is surprising. They're all Detroit. Alex Delvecchio, fun fact about him. Um, I'm pretty sure Section 2 is where I play hockey or high school hockey. And when you win the cup, it's the Delvecchio Cup. Oh, nice. I think he's nice. an RPI guy. So Delvecchio, Lidstrom, Howe, and Eisman, all Detroit, which is, I think I said something about the organization. Uh, Shane Doan, Ray mm. Bork, mm. like you said, Madonna, like you said, and then Johnny Busick for Boston. Those Ray Bork. Yeah, Ray Bork played like uh, what do you play? I think he played like sixteen hundred games with Boston or something. How many years was he on the Avalanche? A year and a half. Oh, oh, he got it and he was done. Okay, yeah. then not. Yeah. All right, that's a good little stat right there. Uh, currently holds the longest streak in games played in the NHL without winning a Stanley Cup. That's rough. Sorry, Won two gold medals with Team Canada in Vancouver and in Sochi. Won gold at the World uh, Championships in two thousand three, three times on NHL All Star. This is the stuff that's crazy. These San Jose franchise records, which some of these I don't think will ever get broken. Games played, goals, power play goals, shorthanded goals, game winning goals, points, shots, consecutive games played, most seasons with 10 plus, most seasons with 20 plus, most seasons with 30 plus, fastest in San Jose uh, to get 10 goals on his career, fastest in San Jose to get 30 on the career, youngest NHL player in, in history to 1,000 games with one team, third youngest NHL player in history to 1,000 games played, Dale Howarchuk. He just passed away not that long ago, right? Uh, like a year ago or so. Rest yeah. in peace. And Vincent Dampus. Everyone forgets about Dampus with all these legendary. But those that, that stuff for San Jose, I mean, I don't I don't see. Nowadays, with the way players move, highly unlikely. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Montreal won the draft lottery. Uh, Kent Hughes, he's the GM. He was uh, – this is the guy who was the agent, right? He was an agent for everybody. Well, and that's why people are thinking Latang's going to go to Montreal and shit. Hamburg's run. Um, they asked him if he'd take his son, Jack, with the first overall pick. He said no. Uh, his kid ended up tweeting out, that's a mistake. Um, good for the Canadians. Good for this kid, local mass yeah. kid, chirping the Canadians before his freshman year in college. Is he supposed to be a high pick? Yeah, he, he's going to be, I think, a top 10. Yeah. Okay. Well – Good for the Canadians. I saw something that they said that they're going to take into consideration his character. I like seeing that. Well, they um, had that player, remember, that said that he didn't want to get drafted? Wasn't it Montreal that drafted him? He had, like, yeah, a sexual he, allegation. Wasn't that Montreal? Right. Yeah. Oh, good call. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> shots fired. Um, <laughs> so that's what we got. We have some finalists for awards. Vesna, our boy Igor. 36, 13, and 4 in 53 games played. 2.07 goals against. 9.35 save percentage. Third in shutouts. Six in wins. Jacob Markstrom, 37, 15, and 9 in 63 games. Led the NHL with shutouts. 2.22 goals against. 9.22 save percentage. Tied for fourth in wins. Set career best in wins. Games played. Starts. Goals against. Save percentage and shutouts. And UC Soros, uh, which we saw how important he was in Nashville in the playoffs. 38, 25, and 3 in 67 games led the NHL in games played and starts. They're in a win, six in the shutouts, 918 save percentage, 2.64 goals against, faced second most shots, second most saves, and led the NHL in time on ice. I think this is Shesterkin's award. Uh, I put in the stuff about Markstrom just because some people who, if the Rangers hate, 
are gonna justify them voting for Markstrom because those are all career bests. I'm just telling it, you that right now. It's hard because Igor had such a good fucking year. I think any other year, Jacob Markstrom wins the best. Hundred percent. It's just that he had that special of a fucking year. Yeah. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just pointing out that one part. That's all. No, and I and I'm glad you did because I I fucking love Jacob Markstrom. Huge body, yeah. Yeah. like yeah, he's a hell of a goalie. The Norris. Uh, Roman Yossi, Kale McCarr, and Victor Hedman. Yossi had 96 points. Kale McCarr, 86. Hedman, 85. Uh, Kale McCarr almost scored 30 goals. He had 20. Can we, can we talk about one part of these stats? Yeah, go for At it. At the end. Takeaways and hits and shit? Yeah, right. So the block shots and the hits, great, right? They're all within the same range. But then you have takeaway giveaway. Yeah. And this metric, I think, needs to be discussed more in the Norris. Because the only one who has a positive takeaway giveaway is Makar. He has more takeaways than giveaways. The only one of the three. So, I mean, I think Makar should get it anyways. But that, that when I saw that stat, that made it for me. Then, this is the part where I said you were going to cream yourself. So, I then wanted to compare it to players I watch a lot. So, I looked up McAvoy. Right? And his numbers... His numbers are pretty much along these same lines. I mean, he doesn't have the points, right? But the other statistics, his takeaway giveaways was very bad compared to these guys. But really, yeah, it was not as good as these guys. Uh, he was he was a little more he was more like uh, Yossi with the forty eight takeaways to uh, seventy one giveaways. He was like that range. But so then I was like, well, let me look up Ked's boy Foxy. Here. So he doesn't have he doesn't have the points like these guys either. I mean he's up there, but not like these guys. And he doesn't have the hits. Now, he's got plenty of blocks. His takeaway giveaway was better than McCars. Really? Yep. Which I I think like plus minus is one thing, right? But but takeaway giveaways, it's one of those stats. It, I mean, it depends on the statistician, but it's the NHL, so they should be the best. It's like in, in lacrosse, you have forced turnovers. And then basically like turnovers. They're two different categories. So as a defensive player, you want forced turnovers because you're making that guy give up the puck or give up that ball in the cross. And that's that's what I look at personally. To me, I look at that as who has the best poise. Who has the what? The best poise with the puck. Yeah. Yeah. Because Kale McCarr's stats are like that because he's just an explosive motherfucker, dude. He gets the puck, he's gone. Well, the thing, if he can go end to end, he's not giving it away, right? No. And but, you think Hedman with his length should have more. True. But it shows to you how much poise Adam Fox has with the puck. Mm-hmm. The, uh, taking an extra second, making the right play, knowing that, hey, if I don't have anything, get the fucking puck out of the zone. He, I'm gonna get texted. I'm gonna get a text from Hal saying that you brainwashed me. I'm pumping up Fox. He's a hell of a player, dude. He he led the Rangers comeback tonight with a nice little fucking football. So um, I he has that shot a lot. It's like not. It's like it looks like it goes bar down, it's but it's not super lethal. It doesn't look anything special. It hits, it's it hits behind the crossbar in the netting on the top of the cage and goes straight down. Yeah, it was a good goal. Go ahead. And then the Calder, uh, Maurice Sider, eighty-two games played, seven goals, forty-three assists, fifty points, thirty-four pims, dash nine on a fucking dog shit Red Wings team. So, yeah, Trevor Zegers. Wow, 23 goals, 38 to 6 for 61 points in 75 games played. 50 pims was minus 21. 
It's pretty good fucking points for a kid like that. And then Michael Bunting, 79 games played, 23 goals, 40 assists, 63 points, 80 pims. was a plus 27. But he's also like 45 years old. So this is my point. You see the parentheses at the end? Yeah. So Zegris played 24 games last year. Uh, <laughs> Bunting played five games in 2019 and 21 games last year. So therefore, to me, and Cider is the only defenseman. It should be Cider. I think Cider, this is a runaway, in my opinion. And if you're not going to put Swayman in this, then it's got to be Cider. I think I think it's Cider. Yeah. I I think it would have been Swayman if the Bruins just played him. Well, maybe. I think splitting, splitting time with Omar kind of fucked him on that. Yeah. Hopefully Speaking of goalie, development. Starting goalie salaries during the playoffs, Billy Huso, 750K, Louis Domingue, 750K, Connor Ingram, 750K, Peter – Kochetkov, 842K, Jeremy Swayman, 925K, and Jake Andre, 925K. Um, it just. This is an interesting little number, you know. A lot of young goalies on entry levels here. Yeah. Well, I don't think Louis Domingue's a young Not goalie. him. <laughs> Not <laughs> him. Um, to, and we, we kind of talked about this earlier, but Montreal won the draft lottery. We have the Devils picking second, which is a fucking problem. The Coyotes get third. I'm sure he'll live it up in the little bubble they're making. Kraken fourth, Philly fifth, uh, Blue Jacket six, Ottawa seven, Detroit eight, Buffalo nine, uh, Vegas ten. Can you imagine if Vegas won it? Uh, San Jose 11, Columbus also has the 12th pick, which they got in the Seth Jones trade. Uh, Islanders have 13, Winnipeg 14, Vancouver 15, and Buffalo gets 16, and they got the 16th from Vegas in the Eichel trade. So Vegas could have had two picks this year, but if, there we go. All right, so let's look back at that Eichel thing. I forgot, right, that they got the extra pick. They got the two players, Tuck and um, Krabs. Right? They also got another first late for Sam Reinhardt along with Devin Levi. Yeah. That's supposed to be set up pretty well here. Yeah. If I'm a Buffalo fan, I'm optimistic for the first yeah, time in a long sure. time. For sure. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, this was wild. This is yeah. awesome. This is my yeah. favorite thing. On this entire this for everyone listening, this was my favorite segment to this entire podcast. I'm telling you right now. So the Kings left the lights off and want to give the Edmonton players uh, nets until the exact start of practice. Edmonton players were on the ice with the lights off, waiting just straight out. D three mighty ducks. Yeah, did you see it? It was hilarious. Yeah, it was really there was funny. four. They found the four biggest ice crew guys. And they go, two of you stand at each net and don't let them have them. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. I love Top. the trolling. Colorado, after game one, they turn on the scoreboard for the Nashville practice with the 7-2 final still being displayed while Nashville was still practicing. Beauty. Uh, Tampa Bay, the national anthem singer, wore 67 for her first game in Tampa. Yeah, last time the Leafs won the Cup. And during game two. And, point, and when they were doing the anthem, they came up behind her and, like, showed the number on the jump. Oh, it was great. Everybody knew. And then during game two, at one point, four Boston players were in the box. Carolina tweeted out a pic with the caption, four sad dudes in Bruins sweaters, PNC Arena penalty box, or a Dunkin' Donuts in Boston tomorrow. <laughs> they then commented below, uh, enjoying our coffee today. How about you? That's funny. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, that tweet from the Hurricanes account set people off in Boston. Like, people like got their dogs kicked. And it's like, again, it's like, like if someone gives you a good chirp, respect the chirp. Yeah. It was a good one, you know? It was playful, too. Like, it wasn't, yeah, like, really bad. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to do dump and change, and then we're going to get into the playoff series. So, Dude, Brownie. Dump and change a lot. I'm just going to warn you right now. Take it away. Let's go. 
So the other night on TNT, Charles Barkley refused to touch the cup. Do you see that? Yeah, I love I love Charles Barkley, dude. And he flat out said, he goes, he goes, he set himself up. He goes, I refuse to touch any championship trophy. And Shaq was like, you can say that again. <laughs> uh, hold on. How's this girl's name? Kelsey Whitmore becomes the first woman to play in the Atlantic League when she played for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. She played left field in her first game going 0-2 with a hit-by-pitch. And then three days later... She took the mound in relief with the bases loaded in the ninth. She got the out to retire the side against former major leaguer Ryan Jackson. So, good for her. Have you ever seen those videos where it's like the first girl to ever pitch in the major leagues and she throws a pitch and then they cut it to like some dude who hits a fucking bomb? Just completely undermining her achievement. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one was a good one. My daughter got a big chuckle out of this when I told her. So this Brazilian soccer star, star Marcelo, he lost his first team spot from his French, cru- French club Lyon in the top league in France for, quote, continuous farting and laughing. So apparently this guy, every time they have a team meeting or the manager or the captain tries to do like a pump up rally, this guy rips ass and then giggles about it like a like a small child, which the guy lost his job over this. He's which, like Jack, he's like Jack Black in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Basically, yeah. it's probably right. Uh, the Kentucky Derby winner, Rich Strike, went off at 80 to 1. Would Did you nice see the play. overhead video of this? No, no. I didn't. Oh, my God. This horse was in the back of the pack going into the final turn. Yeah. And then there's all sorts of controversy towards the outrider who fucking had to grab the horse afterwards because he punched the horse in the head. What? The horse. So he's trying to get the horse, and he has the horse by the bridle, right? Yeah. Horse isn't doing anything, so he kind of gives it like a couple jabs, and then you see him kind of punch the horse. What people don't realize is the horse fucking bit his leg. Oh, and he's trying to and, establish. And, and on top of that, punching a horse in the head is way different than punching a person in the head. You punch a person in the head, you get knocked the fuck out. You punch a horse in the head, it's like a goddamn mosquito bite. They are gigantic creatures. You they, know, they do not feel a fucking thing. So here's one for you. When I was in Australia. Right. I got tossed from a horse when we were at a sheep farm in Australia. I got thrown. And the guys there who worked like, well, that's your horse. You got to sort him out. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, you got to punch him. I'm like, what? Really? And they're like, you got to punch him in the face. So he knows your boss. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And they're like, he threw you. He's going to continue to throw me. I'm like, All it's right. like a respect thing. So I never did it. And me and the horse were fine. I gave him a carrot. We were good to go. But- Horses. uh they're just giant. Oh, no. That's I think this is just like 2022 bullshit, dude. Like, the outrider was doing his job. He got bit in the fucking leg. What are you supposed to He's just supposed to keel over? It's a fucking <laughs> animal, dude. Jesus Christ. Move on. Next one. All right. Uh, former NFL running back for the Patriots, Jets, Chargers, and Ravens, Danny Woodhead, was <coughs> one of five players to advance from his local U.S. Open qualifier. He has to do it again on June 6th, and if he does, he'll be in the U.S. Open. So, sounds like it's probably hard to do. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, did you see this one? This Texas woman, Laura Young, she bought a Roman bust like a head at a Goodwill for $35. Turns out it's a priceless artifact that was over 2,000 years old. Apparently, it was brought back by a U.S. soldier in World War II. The find is now on its way to the San Antonio Museum uh, of Art before going back to its rightful home in Bavaria. The piece was purchased by a Bavarian king and looted during the war. Isn't that crazy? Does she make money on that? They said she'll get a quote healthy finder's fee. 
But if she sold on the black market, she could have got millions. Buddy, how fucking healthy is that finder's fee? Because I'm not giving that up unless you're paying. How fast would I have had that on the black market if someone could point me in the direction of the black market? Seriously. Or just call call Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Guy's got Um, dinosaur fossils. Yeah, he's not all there. I Um, love Nicolas Cage. Con Air, great movie, Brownie. I actually just watched that last night part of it. That's a movie where if it's on like TNT or TBS. You leave it on. USA, you leave it on every time. Cameron Poe. UFC fighter Charles Oliveira, who had to vacate his title because he missed weigh-in by half a pound. He went out, then won his fight in the first round with a submission. And then afterwards, he challenged everyone. After the fight, uh, this is what he said. Just for the record, I like to break records, and I want to break another one. Fighting twice in the same night. I cannot Connor out and then make Diaz tap. What do you think, Dana White? (laughs) I mean... It's happened before, apparently, because... This guy's a fucking idiot. What do you mean? How do you fucking miss weight? Oh, by, well, they, not only did he miss weight by a half pound, they gave him an hour, and then he still missed. How? I don't know. In an hour, he couldn't have spit into a cup a half pound? Just take, taking a laxative and just shit it all out? Well, you'd, uh, I don't know how fast that kicks in. Uh, you'd rub a couple out and probably, <laughs> probably tie Seriously? Uh, McGregor responded on Twitter because, of course, he did. Shut up, you bum, and get back to the favela and pay your piece. So maybe McGregor. McGregor. You ever see uh, when he was fighting Jose Aldo, he was in Brazil, and he said, this is my city now, and essentially said, if this was the olden days, I'd come ride it in on my horse. McGregor, he's a showman, that guy. So McGregor came into the Bruins once and did a pregame, got them all pumped up. I remember that. And of course, Marshawn scored that night and yeah. did the. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So after 20 years, this is insane. Tom Brady finally confirmed on TikTok that it was a fumble, and that the yep. Patriots dynasty is built on a bad call and a lie. So for all you Pats fans, even though I live here, fucking hate him. Uh, I do like Brady though. Now that he's gone, uh, Brady also has supposedly agreed to a post-career gig at Fox as the lead NFL anal- analyst. For reported ten years and three hundred and seventy-five million dollars. That's insane. For a, guy, for a guy who's never been on TV before. After right. the, he's after only showing the, his personality now that he's out of New England. And I'm pretty sure they just let go of uh, Buck and Aikman, probably to make money. For I think them. Buck and Aikman went to a different com- competitor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now that I work from home, I watch I watch the Yankees a lot. Like I'm kind of getting back into baseball. Is and, Joe Buck the announcer for the Yankees? No, no, no. But every day at oh. three o'clock, they have the Michael K show, and he's the uh, he's the Yankee announcer. But it's him, Don LaGreca, and Peter Rosenberg, and it's actually kind of good. It keeps me up to date on all sorts of sports. Like they cover pretty much a tri-state area, unless there's like a huge thing. And they talked about this Brady thing for a long time today. Wait, and the paycheck or the fact that the whole dynasty is built the page the paycheck. No, no. And just me, whose Raiders got fucked in the snowball. No one else cares. But go ahead. I mean, that's a lot of fucking money for a guy who's never done it before. So, but he's Tom Brady. Well, people are going to tune in. Just there'll be just as many people probably to tune in to see him fail. To be honest, you're not wrong. So, but I think that's kind of what we got. Now we're going to kind of go into our playoff series. Yeah. Yep. All right. Take out the brooms. Uh, Colorado Avalanche swept the Nashville Predators. Oh, wait, right here. Hold on. What's the thing about the wires cross? He said, "Remind you right here." Stick taps, and I think it comes from both of us. First time probably in history, Nazim Kadri has made it through an entire playoff series without. Oh, I have him in the notes there. You see my notes? Those are my thoughts. Kadri kept it. Yeah. 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 So stick taps to him. Uh, 
fucking well, Colorado. It's no coincidence. No, holy shit. Talk much. It's no coincidence that Nazim Kadri is a UFA at the end of this run. So if he gets suspended, how's that? How many millions of dollars would he cost himself? Not wrong. And as they continue to progress through the series, the pressure is going to get more. The magnifying glass is going to get brighter. He, I still listen. I, I bet you he's still uh, like what plus two forty to. Listen, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, Colorado sub Nashville. I didn't see too many clips from this, other than the fact that Kale McCarr is fucking crazy. Nate McKinnon's yeah. crazy. Philip Forsberg had a really dirty hit on. I forget who the fuck it was on the Avalanche, where the, people thought there was going to be. Philip stuff Forsberg, that. Forsberg is low key dirty. He is. Yeah. Uh, big save Dave was not big save Dave. They ended up putting Ingram in, uh, who played. He played his heart out, dude. I thought Nashville was going to give a little bit more to this. I had this is going seven. So good job. Oh, what did I have? That. I had this going five. Got him in five. So we both got him right. We're and that was without one. Kemper, too, remember? Darcy Kemper. Did you see that? What a weird play. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. We're one, we're one and one. That's kind of what I have on that series. I thought Nashville was going to give it a little bit more. They didn't. Um, I do have one thing. Well, you that... lose on UC Soros, you know. So, uh, I don't How am I going to find this? Uh, Nashville. So, my buddy texted me the other day. Shout out to DJ Zumi. Just saw Mikhail Granlund. And he, my buddy played hockey. He coaches for uh, Middle Tennessee State University, their club team. He's an assistant coach there. But he's not, I wouldn't call him a huge hockey fan. Like, he doesn't follow a team or anything like that. Like, I think he knows the big names. But in my mind, I'm like, there's no way he knows what Mikhail Granlund looks like. Because if I saw Mikhail Granlund in real life, I don't think I would know that that was Mikhail Granlund. Oh. So I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And a couple minutes later, he goes, only reason I knew that was because he had a Preds plate and the license plate number said something like Preds 64. And he got out. And then of he looked up. And he hopped into a tinted out Bentley. So my thing. Wait, so he's got to wait. Hold on. Hold on. There's a lot to unpack here. So you're telling me that Granlund has a. Tinted out Bentley. With, with a license plate that says Preds 64. Is that not crazy? I am uh, no longer a Granlund fan. Is that not nuts? There is. Like, uh, I, mean, I would want. Well, actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like. I'm nothing. kind of like. I'm a big. I like when I, I'm good at stuff and people tell me I'm good at stuff, kind of thing. So I can see myself doing this. No, definitely a big ego. Well, you wait. You lived in Nashville. Do you have to pay extra for vanity plates in Nashville? I want to know the answer to that. I just the only thing I know about Tennessee is you don't have to get your car inspected. Yeah, it's South man, it's chaos. Um, a little bit. Uh, so I know in Virginia, you don't, I think I could be wrong, but I think in Virginia, you don't have to pay extra for a vanity plate. So then I can understand it here in Massachusetts. It costs you like an extra $200 a year to get a vanity plate. So when I see people, the vanity plate, all I can think is you're a fucking chooch. So, or, I mean, if you have a ton of money and you're like, you're wiping ass or wiping your ass with like $2 or $20. Wow. Cad with $20 bills. I can understand that. But I just thought it was really funny. Cause he said, I saw Mikhail Granlin. I'm like, there's no way you fucking know what he looks like. And then two minutes later, it's like tinted out Bentley license plate said Pred 64. Well, now I bet <laughs> like, you more people know what he looks like because of his license plate. So there you go. Has to. So I'm proved wrong. But at the same time, shout out to Mikhail Granlin for going to a Publix. <laughs> well, like, it's, probably, it's probably the best supermarket there, right? No. Publix is like a Hannaford. And like they have like, health, they have like healthy Publix, living Publix, and like 
fresh market and shit and trader joe so like he was oh, going to the yeah. people's he was going to the people's grocery store not in all these can you imagine if you want all these <laughs> he'd be one of my I, do you do you guys have all these in mass no no but you, i just never heard, never i heard, I've heard of it yeah oh that's good you actually might have all these i don't know if you you should look it up because if you find all these around you see if you can find all these around you in the next and if there is one go grocery shopping there next time and let me know what you think oh that's a big commitment for me to go grocery shopping blind like that do it a smoke a little the reason I the, the reason I don't wouldn't go in it's right next to the harbor freight it's in that whole sketchy strip mall. <laughs> I'm telling you, get a little stoned and go to Aldi's. You're gonna mm. have so much food and it's gonna cost you fifty dollars. And it's mm. like good food, good produce. So, All right, I'll try. Um, <laughs> that's where we're at. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota, St. Louis. St. Louis leads three two. I had St. Louis in six. You had Minnesota in seven. A uh, couple things. Kirill Kaprizov. Real Dude, I watched. I watched the, probably a good portion of that game last night, which might be one of the longest stretches I've watched Minnesota <laughs> because it's like you click them on, click them off. He's electric whenever he touches the puck. I think he. Uh, I think he just broke or just tied the record for most goals in a playoff series by a Minnesota Wild. Was it two? No, I think he has like five. No, Ga- oh, yeah. Marion Gabrick had five, and then Wes Walls. Do you ever remember oh, that Wes guy? Walls. Yeah, I remember Wes Walls. He also had Wes, five. Points Wes Walls' his career got derailed by his sexual abuse. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was abused. Yeah. No shit. Well, he put up points in the playoffs. I hope that's not a mea culpa. God. <laughs> See, you gotta. I got. I was. Well, I, I said it with my chest, and then I started being like, "Oh no!" Wouldn't even have attempted it. Um. So, a couple things about this series. Uh, I I was pumped that the Wild got Flurry at the deadline because I thought it provided depth. It blows my mind that Cam Talbot's not playing that. He hasn't played a minute. It blows my mind. He was their goalie the whole fucking year. The whole year. And to me, like, especially with Billy G, wouldn't loyalty mean something to you? Maybe they're seeing something in practice, but do you think Talbot will be in for six? No. Well, they'll probably keep playing Fleury. Zuccarello looks great. Guy's a fucking magician. The Wilds are a really, really good team. It just sucks because the Blues are also so good. Ryan O'Reilly, man, hate him. I know. But I tell you what, I would fucking trade Megan Zibanejad for him right now. He's that much of a. You'd have to add to that deal. They call him the factor for a fucking reason, dude. Like, so dynamic, and they're heavy, dude. They have Robert Thomas, Pavel Buchnevich is fucking throwing the throwing the body around. Braden Shen's a fucking dick to play against. And Bennington, Bennington looks reborn the last two games. Jordan Cairo, did you see that goal he had the other night yeah. where he went between his legs and shit? Yep. Somebody lit him up. Oh, Felino lit him up last game. Um, Man, really Marcus Felino was out there throwing the ball. He's great. Last night. He is yeah. great. I love the Felinos. Uh, actually, I love that he um, wears number 17 like his brother, too. It's great after the old man. So Nick Felino just went on chicklets. I didn't know this. So Nick Felino represents the United States, where Marcus Felino represents Canada because growing up, Nick yeah. Felino was more in the States and Marcus was more of a Canadian kind of guy. Yeah. So interesting, yeah. fun fact. But um, this one probably is the most even series for me. Maybe not yeah. even, but the most even entertaining series. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I thought St. Louis's power play was going to take a bigger hit without Krug, but they, they haven't. No, they haven't skipped the beat, no. dude. No. And they have, they, didn't they play Bennington last game? Last two. Last two games. Yeah. yeah. Guys won a cup. He's a fucking head case, but he has won a cup. You can't put it past him. Um, Edmonton, LA, the Kings lead the series three, two. 
I took Edmonton in seven. You took Edmonton in five. Do you not remember me being like, this is going to be a close series? Yeah. And I remember we both said that, hey, if it goes the other way, it's just going to be awesome. Goaltending <laughs> is a major issue in Edmonton. Oh, crowd. all right. Read this. So first off, is Quick the best U.S.-born playoff goaltender of all time? No. Uh, he leads. He leads probably. all with ten shutouts so far. Probably, if he didn't Edmonton, have a cup, if he didn't have a cup, I would have said no. But all yeah. right. So here's some stats for you. Edmonton is zero and five in playoff games that McDavid and Drysaddle both score, which is a wild. Zero and five in playoff games. I mean, yeah. So they, That's yeah. You, you put this here. He came out and said, if he score four goals, he should win the game. That, um, and then he's like, we're going to keep the puck out of Renette. That's about as strong a statement as you're ever going to hear Connor McDavid make. The guy's a professional through and through. Yeah. Um, I'm not shocked. Um, the Darnell nurse thing isn't going to help. I'm going to get my zero out of the way right now. Can we just save it? No, because it has to do with the series. All right. So, did you watch the game last night? I watched it. Uh <laughs> I watched until overtime and then overtime, like, you know what? I'm going to go upstairs and watch this in bed. And by the time of going upstairs, going to the bathroom, brush my teeth and getting in bed, it was over. Leah Hextall. Oh yeah. <laughs> is the worst thing I think that's ever happened to the NHL. <laughs> Last night's game. And the dude who was on there with her did not help the situation. At all. He, was, he was, who was that? It was Don Moore. That was Dom Moore. Yeah. Put him as my zero, too. <laughs> so, wait, in our Dom Moore's heroes, zeros, Dom Moore is your zero? Bro, in a game that if you look at that game from the outside and looking at what goals happened, when they happened, the changes of momentum, that's a borderline all time game. Yeah. Like, that was incredible. Yep. With McDavid flying, dry sidle, the LA Kings like staying in it. There were there were dirty things. Cassian just got fined five grand for a cross check. Darnold Nurse just headbutt Philip Deneau. Also, is Philip Deneau kind of a rap because they kept going at him a little bit, a little bit, which makes sense. Don Moore, well, if, 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 all right. Well, hold on though. If Philip Deneau is a rat, then he's doing his job. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I didn't. I just didn't know that was the way no, he played. He got, I mean, they he got one of the him. best defensemen for Edmonton off for the next game. They exactly. wanted to kill him. Yeah. That's so, the goal. having said that, one one of the best games that has happened this playoff, Leah Hextall <laughs> made this game unwatchable, literally unwatchable. And before you say, "Oh, you hate women," wait, is that uh, me? Is that supposed to be me that you're saying that? No, 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 no. Because I got, I got a fucking, I got a chirp. I got not chirped, but some fucking. Hold on, let me pull this up. Because I, I was fucking waiting for somebody to fucking say this to me. So I tweeted it out today. Give me two seconds while I'm finding it. Um, NHL has to move on for Leah Hextall. That Oilers-Kings game was insane last night, and the call ruined it. It was an electric atmosphere with McDavid doing McDavid things. I just wanted to put my head underwater. Painfully bad, and the thing is, everyone else thinks this. A lot of retweets, a lot of, lot of fucking favorites, the whole thing. So I knew, I just fucking knew that some asshole – was going to be like, oh, you're just saying that because it's a woman. Let me let me fucking find this. Because it, it was, was just it, so was fucking... A, was it from A Brow 28? <laughs> from Carrie O'Neill. K.O. loves ducks. I don't. I thought she did the call... I thought she did the calling of the game just fine. The female voice bothered you. I went on to say, AJ... And AJ Malesko. Have you ever heard AJ? Yeah. 
Yeah, she's good. She's fantastic, dude. Like, she's really, really, I mm-hmm. like, and I'm not just saying that. She's good at her shit. Yep. I said she's awesome with what she does. So save me the sexist, misogynistic as- accusations. Must be so hard being so woke all the time. Go eat a Snickers. <laughs> I couldn't fucking believe she was that bad, dude. Like, her voice is awful. Do you think it's the pitch of her voice? I think it's the pitch. I think she tries too hard. She'll be like, it's Super excited. She did get super excited and her breathing. I feel like she didn't take a breath. She is so bad. But how long has she been how long has she been uh, announcing? I want to say it's this year. And I also want to say if her last name, if her last name isn't Hextall, she's not doing it. Well, she's she's only cousins with him. She's not daughter. If her last name is fucking I don't know, uh Wilson, she's not doing it. <laughs> um so I wonder a couple of things. One is she inexperienced, so that'll come with time. And uh, bro, there's you could fucking put you could put the knowledge of Wayne Gretzky in her head, and she will make you want to fucking before watching a hockey game. What I'm saying is, I wonder if her excitement and the inability to to keep that straight line because she's a neutral she's not jack edwards right she's not a home oh no no it's not even that so her no no what i'm saying is so her her inability to keep it calm throughout like um what's her voice she has the worst voice it's like Like, uh, mcdonough i think mcdonough mcdonough might be the best neutral announcer there is in the nhl personally kenny albert's up there yeah, yeah, Kenny Albert's good, but they but they keep it very very calm, and I wonder if her inexperience is part of that. I'm not he defending keep her, it but... calm, but like Doc Emmerich was arguably one of the best ones who's ever yeah. did it, and he, he would go off. Well, a lot of people liked him, and he yeah, no, agreed, off. agreed. A lot of people did. She just, you know, in Step Brothers, when the guys like you have that face, you just have a punchable face. He's like, "Is there anything I can do?" And he's like, "No, I just she has that voice, like her Matthew, voice." Uh, uh, Big Walt said that about Brady. <laughs> it was just it was so fucking bad dude and it just sucked because like that game was so good and yeah, it's it was just, an excellent game it's it's a shame well, it's my daughter sad. was asleep so i had very low anyway so it didn't really bother me it was bad um speaking of kachuk calgary dallas this is kind of a shock the series is tied 2-2 i had calgary in five you had calgary in four right um, now right now it is uh zero zero with eight minutes left in the second so Jake Andre has the save of the playoffs. Um, Matthew Kachuk's fought Kling- Klingberg like eight times. Jamie Ben is now like, come on, Maddie, whenever you want it, Maddie, and he won't do it. I really don't blame him. <laughs> I'm surprised Lucic isn't going over there being like, leave the fucking kid alone. Yeah. Well, how often are Lucic and Ben on the ice together? True, but I figured that's. A very I have good. a Mia culpa, and you said it last week, and you just said it again. It is Lucic, right? What did I say? Lucic. You always say Lucic. Lucic. That's how it was pronounced here. Milan Lucic. Lu- it wasn't Lucic? Well, now it's in my head. I don't know. Ask me later. When I'm okay. not about <laughs> um, no, I can't say paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty entertaining series. Um, I like the fact that Brady Kachuk was in the stands wearing a Matthew Kachuk t-shirt. Yeah, tweeting out the LFG. Let's go. I, I thought that, which is kind of crazy. I wonder like, if Ottawa was in the playoffs and Calgary wasn't, if – Matthew would be in Ottawa with like a Brady Kachuk t-shirt. I bet he would. They're super I think that's cool. I think they, that's there was, uh, there was a, their sister 
I forget where she goes to call it somewhere in Virginia, I think. And she's a, she plays field hockey, something at the collegiate level. And they had a lot of pictures on social media of them down there wearing all the gear, supporting her during her. That's run. Cool. Yeah. I just cool feel family. like they have a cool fucking American family, dude. Like yeah. that's the vibe I get from them. Like brothers, yeah. their dad's a fucking nail gun. Yeah. Um, and just seeing this just desperately, it just makes me wish that one of them was on the fucking Rangers, but <laughs> here we are. Um, well, there's the Western conference for you. Western conference. So Eastern conference, Florida, Washington, this is turning quite the series. I had Florida now, now three, two Florida. Cause they just won Florida one. Yep. Okay. Uh, so three, two Florida. I had Florida in six. You had Florida in six. Um, Florida I think that's the only one we have the same on. Florida's power play has been bad. I don't know if they scored tonight, but it was 0 and 14. They did not. They did not. Um, Washington's playing well. There was a TJ Oshie had a hit on Sam Bennett that people were all sorts of pissed off about. I would have given him a game. I did. I did not see it in real time. Every single thing I've tried to watch it only showed it in well, slow well, motion. And slow motion. He should be taken outside and shot at the yeah. Sawgrass Mill in Sunrise. Yeah. But but this is what this is what I don't like about the replays. They should watch all replays should be watched at game speed. And the I think only, that, the, I think the only the only thing you slow it down for is just to see where that principal point of contact is and use that as a not a deciding fair. factor, but a factor in determining whether it should be a suspension. From what I saw, I agree with you. I think that might have that could have been a game. It could have been nothing. What did he get called on the ice for anything? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, wow. I put I put two bucks on the Capitals to win the cup, and it pays out like eighty. I don't think it's gonna happen, but not bad no, odds. Not bad odds. So, um, we'll see what happens. Florida's up three two. Washington, Florida, good series, good series. Yep. Toronto, no, Tampa, Wilson. Toronto. Still more Wilson in that series too. He'll be back. Toronto, Tampa, Toronto leads 3-2. They're just setting it up for a perfect fucking meltdown. I can't wait. Um, I had Tampa in five. You had Tampa in seven. 32 Thoughts mentioned that it's tough for Matthews to get going while Toronto's on the PK. Um, <laughs> play 200 feet and get out there. They uh, made this whole big thing. And I listen, I really like Merrick and, and Elliot there. But they were going on like, it's really tough. It's really tough. It's really tough. Yeah, it's tough for players like like Paul Eric Halla, your you know second line center to get in the groove right or you know like Nick Felino you if you're one of the best players on the team kill penalties Mitch Marner does I you know what I I got more respect for Mitch Marner than I do Austin Matthews Mitch Marner's a hell of a player dude yeah, yeah. he is um but at the same time Matthews is scoring big goals when he needs to score big goals and I know well, that you well, the the, listen, the goal, goal that was you and I could have got that. It's all perspective, man, because my guy hasn't scored a fucking single goal at all. And I'm telling you right now, Austin Matthews is about 100 times a player as my guy. That's fair. But McDonough, did you see McDonough's goal? That McDonough, dude. He has he has a glued-on American flag on his uh, shoulder yeah. pads. So McDonough, it was Matthews was floating around in his defensive zone. He was like – he, he got, got a pushed off the wall, floated around, and then McDonald walked in. But then he scored the game-winning goal. So everybody forgets. What a I, shot! By, what, a shot what a shot! Pass, like, by the way, what? By Marner, Marner, that shot pass, the shot off the pad to fucking pass yeah. that right out to Matthews. They yeah. practice that shit all the time in practice. Yeah. Like yeah. people pass are thinking, 
P-O-P. people who didn't think that that was on purpose, I'm just letting you know that was on purpose. No, like I know, they, I know, which is crazy. Like, yeah. that's how good they are. Yeah, yeah that that is that's fucking. But that's the thing. Like, I, I'm I, until Matthews plays in his own end, I'm never gonna. I mean, what the fuck does he care what I think? But guy scores goals, man. Yeah, I know. But even but Ovechkin had to change his game to win the cup. Bro, did you see that one play of William Nylander going into the corner and just fucking giving up on that one puck? And then, then he ended up, I think two. he scored. Yeah, he scored two. Yeah, bro, everybody forgets. Dude. Yeah. I didn't like that if I'm a Toronto fan. I, I Listen, they said the thing that motivated them was Jason Spezza stood up and did a big speech. All these leaders, and it's Spezza that has to get you guys going? Come on. Yeah, it's not like you don't have enough fucking ammo for that either. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. It's just setting up for a perfect, uh, just they're going to. So. All right, Carolina, Boston, Brownie. I'll tell you uh, what, from my yeah. perspective. Yep. Obviously, I wouldn't be thrilled if I was a Boston fan because you're down. Yep. But, but a lot of heart in that room. Yep. Being down two games like that and being able to battle back. I been thought before, they buddy. were been there done. before. I, and I, I kept telling you, like, hey, they can do it. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's no fucking way. I thought it was going to be Carolina and four. Like, with the first two. And I, and I remember texting you. Me, like, me and Hal, very calm in our little group text. I was, I would have been on the watch after game two. Like, it, and I, like. It, it, they did it all, their whole cup run. This is what they did. So, this, uh, series, this yeah. series now is whoever can win a game on the road wins. <laughs> yeah. What it is, and our, our our series is well. No, ours is different. I guess. Well, I guess yeah. our series is whoever can win at home wins. Yeah, yeah. In a weird way, but okay, keep yeah. going. So, so the the Allmark started the first two games. They put in Swayman after Cassidy said it wasn't Allmark's fault, and I don't think it was. Um, but they needed that one bailout. Need change. Allmark didn't get him. Um, excuse me. They sat down. This has been a low-key big thing. They sat down Frederick and activated Chris Wagner, the mayor of Walpole. And Wags is out there crushing people. So he's, on, he, he's not big. Is he playing good hockey, though? Because I think his thing was foot speed, right? Like in the past, like he's gotten he, older he, and he's kind of lost a stride. Is He He did lose a stride. But it's short short shifts, short bursts. He's keeping up with Felino. Yeah. He's still out there killing penalties. Curtis Lazar, there was an interesting article here that Curtis Lazar, they're saying, has played himself out of Boston. And it's like bittersweet. Oh, contract-wise. Yeah, he's a UFA. And if DeBrusque rescinds his trade request, there might not be the money for Curtis Lazar. And in my opinion, package the fuck out of DeBrusque and re-sign Curtis Lazar. Because this guy is nails. I love Curtis Lazar. I think? knew you guys were going to like him. I, I remember watching him in junior. Like, and I, I, I don't know really why I liked him. But, like, I just remember – hold on. Keep going. I got to look this up. Have you ever seen the video of Curtis Lazar when he was on Ottawa when they had the hamburger giveaway? Yeah. And, and he picked up the burger and ate it. And all his teammates like, what are you doing? He, uh, <laughs> he just – that guy's got a motor, man. He's like a poor man's Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, he was a captain of Canada's national junior team. That's yeah, how I Um. So they're saying that uh, – so uh, they're saying that Lindholm's going to play – Tomorrow night, they're staying with Swayman. Lindholm's been out since that. Uh, what's his name? Savetchnikov hit him behind the net and keep your head up, buddy. 
we talked about this a little bit, I think yeah. offline. That was a hit, and we've like this is it's that was no penalty on the ice either, but he did leave his feet. So by the letter of the law, it could have been a penalty. It's every um forward's dream to have a hit like that. Yep. The defenseman going around the net, not really knowing you're there, and you're like, okay, buddy, yeah. <laughs> buckle up, bro. You're on the track. Huge hit, yeah. Uh, houseboy Tomas Nosek was benched for the, uh, for the entire second period last night. And Jimmy Murphy, the Boston writer, uh, we were corresponding last night and I asked him if it was an injury. Cause Nosek took a kind of high shot. I said, if it was injury ineffectiveness and he said he was benched due to play. So I said to Murphy, I was like, well, maybe this opens the door to see Anton bleed, get back in the lineup. Cause bleed's got a motor on him too. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow night for that one spot. And Matt Grizzlick and Brendan Carlo, the two whipping boys of the Boston defense, uh, have had a tough game last night. So hopefully we'll see improvement there. Grizzlick got lit up, and he wasn't the same afterwards. And Carlo put one in off the brush skate in his own net. Just just a tough they, – they get into this mode because of the Carolina forecheck where they're doing – you've done – you've had this happen. You play in beer league with, a, with someone who constantly – doesn't look before he tries to flip the puck out of your own zone. Yeah. So that's what they're doing. And it's like, take a look, man. You're NHL professionals. And it's also hard because it's playoffs and you just don't have yeah. time. No, I understand yeah. that, but I don't know. It's just one of these things. But um, the other thing that I, and we talked about this before we got going, the thing about Carolina that I forgot about is how good they are in faceoffs. And as a Bruins fan, you're used to the Bruins just dominating at the dot. But, uh, they are not, and that's they're having some trouble. But now they'll have the the last change at home. They'll get Bergeron away from Stahl. So I I feel good going in. I still feel com- I I still think Bruins is seven. So let's talk Tony D'Angelo. Oh sure, sorry. Yeah, Tony D'Angelo. Say what you want about him. His fighting with his own goalie, his podcast, whatever. No, that means shit. He is a fucking good defenseman. And if he was on the Bruins, he'd be top. He'd be. I'm trying to think if he'd be top pair. They'd probably separate him and McAvoy. He'd probably be second pair. Who would run your power play? Yeah, he probably he'd probably be on power. Well, they'd probably give it a Charlie McAvoy at first, and then D'Angelo would slowly work his way to be PP one. In my opinion, well, him he's, and Marshan, him and Marshan have been going at it quite a bit. Oh yeah, him. He's been going at it a lot of people, but uh, Marshan and him are going at it pretty good. But uh, he's he's electric player. He runs the power play. He can skate. He's runs the top. He walks the blue line. He does the same thing every time. He does this little when he has the puck. He goes like this every time. <laughs> does this yeah. little shoulder shake. I'm like, stop falling for it. Yeah. <laughs> I forget who the forward is. There's one forward who bites on every. It might be no shake, and that's why he got benched. But and uh you were talking yeah, about how he reminds you of PK Subban. Oh yeah. yeah. Have you listened to PK Subban on ESPN? I think he's doing good. Fucking awesome. Yep. Really, I like really PK. good. I he like called, called the game winner away, last night. Take away his slew foots. I like PK. He called the game winner last night. He said Adrian Kempe. Oh, did he? Yeah. Wow. Good for him. Him and Chelios, too. Talk about two polar opposites, personality <laughs> yeah. and everything. Chelios is like the ultimate laid back, cool guy. You know what yeah. I mean? And PK is like the fancy showman. Yeah. Blanking? So, can you guys do it? Can you guys pull it off? Yeah, I think so. I'm not, I mean, I, I think they'll win. Uh, I think they'll win tomorrow night. And then game seven will come down to maybe a lucky bounce, maybe another iffy call, and, you know, see what happens. At some point, the power play is going to explode. And I think I – I would be interested to see what happens if they move Pasternak away from Bergeron and Marshawn because 
Hall and Halla haven't been as good. So I don't know. They've been moving DeBrusque up and down. They've been mixing and matching. Cassidy is not afraid to mix his lines, which was something that people used to pull their hair out about uh, Claude. Uh, when Julian was the coach, he would never change the lines. And Cassidy is uh, fearless with that stuff. So, and yeah, how, about Ber- how about Bergeron, man? You know what's funny? <laughs> My wife thinks I'm a cartoon. I woke up yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, it must have been yesterday. Wait, today's today's Wednesday. Yeah, they played last night, so it was this morning. I woke up this morning. Last night, it was. I had a dream last night that I was having coffee with Bergeron, and I was telling him, I was telling him, I'm like, you know, I was like, "How's the eye?" He's like, "No, nah, just a couple of stitches, no big deal." And we were we were having coffee, watching our kids play at a playground together. And I told him, I go, "You become a meme, bro, already. bro." Stop it! You just rescinded everything that you said about Jerome again at the end of the pod last week, and now you're telling me that you had a super fan dream about you and Bergeron enjoying a cup of coffee at a children's playground watching our children play together because it's been a long-standing thing to get my daughter introduce my daughter to Bergeron's son they're around the same age but uh oh my god dude (laughs) so I told him I told him that he was becoming a meme because have you seen the meme with Bergeron with the blood and then NBA players and he's like yeah that happens every year I get memed all the time it was pretty funny I woke up and I was like, did that, did that really happen? <laughs> go back to bed. Go back to bed. <laughs> no, but my wife makes fun of me because I, I have these crazy dreams like that all the time. Not just about Bergeron, but just in general. So, again, yeah. let's um, so oh, He was here, boy. <laughs> that was Carolina and Boston. Um, so, wait, you have you have Carolina in six, right? So, yep. you think they're going to win tomorrow night? <sighs> do I think they're going to? Slash, do I? Okay, I don't want them to. Like, I know you don't, but. and I know I get a lot of shit for this because I'm from New York. I'm supposed to hate Boston. It's really hard to hate a team filled with players that I wish were on my team. And I think I got to that age where it's like, fuck, you almost respect the players more than you respect the whole team fucking thing. Yeah. Listen, there are plenty of Boston fans that are fucking morons. I was arguing with a guy online who said that Charlie McAvoy should not have played, uh, and they should have put Josh Brown in for his toughness. And I told him, I go, that's a wild take. And he's like, it's a wild take, dude. Like, go fucking watch another sport, you donkey. Like, you don't know. Sheesh. Oh, yes. By the way, Charlie McAvoy somehow got out of COVID protocol in 29 hours. (laughs) Quick little PJ to fucking Raleigh, put the fucking N95 on and send it. This just shows you that Jeremy (laughs) Jacobs is one step removed and it's his son, Charlie, running shit because there's no fucking way Jeremy Jacobs would get off off that PJ money to send Charlie McAvoy. He would have been on the fucking Wang Chung Express. The Greyhound? The Greyhound? Fucking hey, here. The Yankee Trails? Take this box, bud. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Jesus. All right, Pittsburgh Rangers. Rangers down (sighs) 3-2. And I've talked to everybody, really, and I guess it's pretty standard across the board. But the officiating in the NHL playoffs has been so fucking bad. Uh, game one, Capo Capo drives the net. Hedl scores. They call it a goal and somehow take it away. Pittsburgh scores in overtime. They call the fucking penalty on Jacob Truba on a five-on-four to make it a five-on-three. They lose. Game two, I ended up going to it. Sick environment. 
like one of the dude, one of the I fucking love playoff hockey. And the the section we were sitting in were just all these drunk Ranger fans. They put up some girl on the jumbotron. It was like kind of silent, like during intermission. You just hear the dude behind us go, "Take off your fucking shirt!" Just like, just like really fucking. They were they were. Can't wait to bring my daughter to Madison Square. Oh my god! Like, and there'd be people, and like they would say something so fucking stupid as a chirp, and the guy behind us would be like, "Oh, you really fucking got him there!" Like the guys behind us were unbelievable. Uh, they were banging bodies. It was a good game too. They go into Pittsburgh, somehow take like 10 penalties in the first period, battle back. Rangers have to take Shesterkin out. They put Georgiev in. I knew that the Penguins are going to score a fucking bullshit goal because Georg, he can't stop a fucking beach ball. Penguins win game three. Rangers get fucking ran out of the building in game four. Like, question my fandom. That's how bad it was in game four. I'm like, yeah, do I really want to be a part of this? In the, in the in the bloggers chat, you were on suicide watch. They played so bad in game four that I had a softball game tonight. Game five, I went to softball. I'm like, fuck them. They didn't fucking earn shit. So I played my softball game. I knew I was going to get home for some of the first period. I get a text. First shift of the game, the refs called two penalties on the Rangers to put them on a five on three in an elimination game. It was less than... I haven't looked at the box score, but it's got to be like 1940, the time of those. Insane. Um, other things. Ryan Lindgren pretty much knocked Ricard Raquel out of the series. He might be coming back. Huge hit. Uh, Lindgren's been hurt since game one. He hasn't played. Wait, Raquel's coming back, they said? He's skating now. Tristan Jari oh. looks like he's also skating now. Um, Lindgren comes back. They dress 7D. Patrick Nemeth got 16 seconds of ice time tonight. Huh. Ryan Lindgren, man. Fuck. It, it, if Mika Zibanejad had one-tenth of the amount of balls this guy has, I'd have a fucking number one center. Mika Zibanejad is a fucking fraud. I'm telling you that right now. You just signed a guy for $8.5 million a year for eight years to put up 80 points during the regular season and do fucking shit when it matters. He's soft. He floats. He does absolutely nothing. And when you think, oh, well, at least he's a center, he could win a face-off. Nope. And here's the thing. Like, for people who haven't played that much hockey and they think face-offs, you think Sidney Crosby's good at face-offs because so Sidney Crosby. There is some skill when it comes to face-offs. I would say half of it is skill, and then the other half of it is who the fuck wants it more. And it comes down to who's going to be stronger on their stick, and it's me. And like that's kind of like the cool thing. Like one-on-one in hockey, like you have a one-on-one rush, you have fighting with this one-on-one. But to me, face-offs are huge, dude, because that is my dick is bigger than yours. And Mika's Benajad. That rules out to the wingers, too, right? The wingers Benajad has the smallest dick in the entire NHL. Hey, does he, ever get tossed, does he ever get tossed from faceoffs for like uh, trying to jump the gun or anything like that? No, because then our faceoffs would be good because yeah. somebody else would be in there. He is a trust. No, no, I just, it speaks to the compete thing, you know? It's a compete me. level. That's all it yeah. is, man. Like when the Penguins tied it up to, tonight, Igor passed the puck out, which. He, it wasn't a good play, but he put it in the middle of the feet of Zibanejad with the puck coming out. Instead of just stopping and making sure the puck got out, he does this fucking giant swing around the Penguins tied up. It's like, what the fuck? Anyway, um, positives for Rangers. The kid line, Capo Capo, Alexi Lafreniere. Well, the and, comeback was Fox and then uh, Lafreniere. Yep, Those are the and first Phil Heedle. But I'm telling you, the kid line, these guys have been dynamite. 
And they did you see that Lafreniere was rotating? He was taking his shift, and he was rotating out with Reeves also. Well, they, yeah, because they dressed uh, right because they only had the they had the eleven forwards, right? Right. But I thought it said something that they were giving him the double. <laughs> Long term effect. I fucking love seeing this. You keep these three first round picks together, and you let that fucking ride for a while. They're playing great. Capo Capo is dominating the boards. Lafreniere might end up being a big game guy. I mean, he fucking changed the game Tell tonight. You, he's got the build to be a he long He bangs bodies. Player. He has shown more to me in these last five games than he has his entire career so far. So, like, to me, I love seeing that. Mika Zibanejad's a fraud. Chris Kreider is doing his cold streak, but he's still kind of chipping in. Frankie Vitrano, hell of a fucking pickup. Big game player. Gets in the fucking face and people love him. Andrew Kopp, another big game player. What's They're the term? Doing... What's the term on Vetrano? I think he's going to be a free agent. And I also think Cop's going to be a free agent. I know Cop is. I just was curious about Vetrano. So they're doing a pretty good job on the Panarin line. I mean, Panarin still leads the Rangers in points, and Cop's up there, and Strom's still clicking. But Pittsburgh isn't doing a bad job on them. The kid line's been playing great. Ryan Reeves and Kevin Rooney played a great game on. Barkley Gaudreau played four periods with a broken foot. Was he out tonight because of that? Is that why? He- Barkley draws and played since game one. Oh, all right. I was like, where's – oh, I, I think this might be the only game I sat down and watched the whole thing. Broke his butt, and it makes you think. Tyler Mott injured. Barkley Gaudreau injured. Sammy Blay injured. That would have been right. one hell of a fucking fourth line. You know what? I heard uh, a take today. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Whitney, Ryan Whitney. And he was saying – yeah, maybe it was. He was saying how it wasn't on Spit and Chicklets. It was on something else. It, he was saying how um, the Rangers had this plan moving forward with Gallant and their progress. And it was supposed to be like not this year, but maybe a few more years. And because of Shesterkin's year, everything got accelerated. And it's it was an interesting way to look at it. And it makes you think like all this pressure and then Kreider went off. And they were like, holy shit. To come back from basically Tom Wilson destroying the franchise last year to where you are now, even if this series goes the Penguins way, it's still a huge step in the right directions for the Rangers. And, and the only reason you're saying that is because they won time. If they laid an egg tonight. No, I still would have said that because no, it's still me. a giant improvement. Not me. I would have fucking, and I'm still. And, and I'm the, telling you what. People, look at the people that contributed tonight. It was all the young guys. That the guys you need to have moving forward. That Zabinijad contract's going to bite you in the ass down the road. But I'm telling you what, dude. I don't care if we win the probably no move. I don't care no if we win the cup this year. Fucking, I'm if I'm the GM, I'm trying to figure out how I can bring Mark Shifley in and get Mika Zabinijad out. Dude, Mark Shifley's on everybody's wish list, but I think he just said he's he wants to go back to Winnipeg. It's 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 he has been that fucking bad. Keandre Miller coming out party, absolute stud. Jacob yep. Truba didn't really do shit until game five. Oh, he knocked uh, Sydney out, Sydney out he tonight. Knocks Sydney out of the game, and you and it goes to show how fucking important that guy is to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, um, oh yeah. Let me talk Penguins. I talked to a lot of Rangers. Yeah, uh, so Dumoulin's been out hmm. after game one. Chris Letang, man. For a 35-year-old fucking dude, is it's insane. Like kind of neater, kind of Niedermeyer vibes, by the way. Yeah, how, a little bit. How he's a little more snarl, a little more snarl than Niedermeyer. 
But my thing is, if I'm the Rangers, why am I not fucking taking a run every time he has a puck? And I don't know he if that's a factor, like a Bergeron fucking thing. He's really good about dropping that shoulder and rolling off four checkers. I want to give a fuck, dude. And and I don't again. I don't know if it's a Patrice Bergeron where you respect the guy and you don't. Fuck that. Run him through the fucking boards. Um, Jake Gensel, what a little twat he is. But let me tell you what. Wish that guy was on the Rangers. Did you see the goal he scored tonight? He is. Uh, that, hell so that was the first the first goal of the game. He took a shot. Shesterkin made the save. The puck went behind the net. Shesterkin so he was like a solid foot off the post. And he was so awkward. It was such a weird move, moving back. It wasn't fluid. It's every and game. Every game there's a goal I, like but that. But I never – well, I never noticed it. He just bout, banked it off him in, and I literally was like, oh, boy, this is over. Yeah. And Seriously. that was like three minutes into the game. I think Gensel's got seven goals. Um, yeah. But Sidney Crosby. Yeah. You can hate him all you want. If I had to pick a guy on my team to go into the playoffs with – Anybody in the NHL, I'm including McDavid, I'm including McKinnon, I'm including Hedman, all of them. I pick Sidney Crosby every single fucking time. He is so – like we talk MVP with like stats and shit. If it's going by most valuable player to a team, Sidney Crosby is the most valuable player to the team, and it's not even fucking close. Like, And you saw it. He leaves the game, and the Pittsburgh Penguins fell apart. Yeah. Almost instantly. There would have been some pushback, like let's win it for Sid, but – Almost instantly. Jacob Trubo with a hit on him. I'm sure he'll get kicked out of the league because, dude, the refs have been so fucking bad. Like, Well, that's not just a Rangers thing. That's everything. Well, yeah, but, like, it, it's it's over and above, and, like, I miss my old man so much every single day, but I think it's been that bad that after game one, I don't know if he would have watched another game. Like, it's, it has been – and that's just – he was just, like, old school. It's my way or the highway. I can see him sitting in his bedroom, like, listening to me react to the game because he wouldn't put it on just because of principle. Out of spite, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got to respect that. Um, um, I'm nervous about, as fuck. For we were talking about guys, guys to pick for a game. Mm-hmm. You know who wouldn't be in my top probably 200 players picked? Meek is a manager. Well, no, no. We're talking about the Penguins. Oh. Uh, Malcolm. Because what a fucking rat. Because we talked about it before this playoff is all you have to do is get in his kitchen and he loses his shit. He took two very undisciplined penalties tonight. That's what they did. And, and he went he went once with Rooney. I forget who the other one was who was with. Lindgren. But Warrior. Right, so Lindgren, Warrior. Right. Lindgren's hurt. So he's playing limited minutes. So he gets he didn't even play limited minutes. He was out there the whole fucking night. And no, then he left. No, there was one stretch where he was trying doing some pain management on the bench. Oh, yeah, they, they, yeah I think he went in and got a shot. That's what he does. Yeah. Fucking put the but what in. I'm saying is he, he that's a good trade. Lingren for for Malkin. That's a good trade. A See, great I don't trade. know. I don't know anymore. I think in the past, yes. If getting Malkin, and I'm gonna say this and he's remember Crosby's five. out Crosby's out of the game at this point. Malkin's probably gonna score deal. five goals next game because I'm saying this, but he is a shell of his former self. Like there but used to be a point where if Genny Malkin played and he got the puck, you were like, Oh fuck. Yeah, and now still though, in the absence of Crosby, he's the guy. So when Crosby's not there and he goes off with Kevin Rooney, that's a selfish, dumb play. And he could have just curled and gone on the bench. He turned back to cross-check him. It was so dumb and selfish. I think it used to be that way. I think Gensel's the guy now. Maybe. And Evan Rodriguez, what a little fucking rat he is. Teddy Bluger, also a little fucking rat. Evan Rodriguez has a shot, huh? Good Lord. He's a bitch, dude. 
Um, I'm trying to think if there's other Penguins that have like kind of impressed me. John Marino took a beating in Game One and Two, and he's been playing pretty decent for Dude, that. Mike Matheson has had a tough series defensively, but somehow he's got like seven points in five games. Yeah, it, it's weird. Patrick Nemeth played 16 seconds. We talked about that, but and yeah. what sucks about all this? It's their third string fucking goalie, dude. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't against the Rangers, it's a cool story. Like you would think, if it was against somebody else. Maybe. I don't fucking know, but we'll see, man. This is what the Rangers do. And you know what's probably going to happen? They're probably going to win game six, and then game seven, they're just going to fucking lay an egg. Crosby will come back, score four goals. <coughs> uh, just to update you, Calgary is down one nothing at the end of two to Dallas. Who would have thought the Dallas starts, huh? Well, I know one person. Our boy Fink. <laughs> our boy Fink, very happy with himself. All right, that was our there. You go. There's our playoff wrap up, buddy. Dom Dom Moore, you fucking zero. Fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just gonna take you guys through a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff here. So mad over Dom Moore still. I just I I I expected more. I didn't know that was him. Like he did not help that situation out at all. But um oh another zero. Eddie Olchek. He is officially on my shit list. And everybody everybody on TNT. Paul Bissonette. Ryan Whitney with spitting spitting chicklets. Listen, Whitney's not on TNT. I know, but I'm just talking about people that are now on oh, my shit list. Okay. Um, they created one of the best hockey podcasts ever, and I really respect them for that. Like, and it it, it takes, it puts NHL players, and it really lets you know who the fuck they are. And for that, that's really cool because I think hockey players are the coolest athletes there are. They're tough as shit. They like to party. They have fun. And they have six stories. I respect that. Okay. Feel a big butt coming. Yeah, they both played for the Penguins. So if you're thinking that they're going to be unbiased about anything in terms of the Penguins and the Rangers, you're out of your mind. Now, Eddie Olchuk, I was expecting a little bit more out of him. But holy fuck, the dick sucking that he had with the Penguins in Game 1 is insane. At Game 3, was it Game 3? Probably all of them. Well, Like, laughable. I can't stand Eddie Olchuk, personally. He's out on him. So out on him. I met him one time at the track. He was a really nice guy to me, but fuck that. That's your zero. My zero is the NHL and the way they are promoting the Norris Trophy. All they fucking talk about is points. That is all they talk about. I understand points. You know, that's everybody wants to see goals and everything, but that's not what the Norris Trophy is. Can we need to change it? Call it the Bobby Orr and make it for the most offensive defense. Yeah. We'll give the Norris to the defensive defenseman. I agree. And I like the whole giveaway takeaway thing that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, that's huge. So that's my zero. It just drives me up a wall because there was this big, you know how they make NHL does really good ads about the cup and everything. You know, they get you all fired up. They had one about the Norris and it was like Roman Yossi goals, assists, points, most this Victor Hedman. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there wasn't even a highlight of a defensive yeah, but Vic, play. Victor Hedman's a hell of a defenseman, though. No, they all are, but there wasn't there wasn't a highlight of a defensive play. It was all them scoring goals. And if you we know? were to do this, I don't know if Adam Fox would have won the Norris last year. He probably would have won the point one that we're talking about. The Bobby Orr. I think we should yeah. call the Bobby Orr. Um Kale McCarr is he's gonna be one of the most dynamic defensemen that's ever played this game, I think. Cal McCarr out of the nominees is the only one with a positive Takeaway giveaway <laughs> quotient. But I don't look at him as a shutdown defenseman. 
How often do you watch Colorado? And how often does he have to? Not often, but I look at him as a like, we Well, the next series about. is going to be a whole different ball of wax because they're playing either Minnesota or St. Louis, right? I think so. That's going to be a good fucking series. Yeah. So I Dude, I almost hope – I think – I think Minnesota has a better chance beating Colorado than St. Louis does. Yeah, because of the goalie? No, just because I think they're more physical. Yeah. We'll see. I can see Marcus Foligno taking some fucking serious runs at Kale McCarr. Yeah. Who's your your hero? Uh, Fuck. Hero of the week. I don't know if I have one. Uh, The kids line. The kids line's my hero of the week. It's nice to see these fucking young guys. Philip Heedle's the oldest one on the kid line. He's 22. Perfect. So, I like that. Well, my hero has nothing to do with hockey. It was, uh, so this is a Reuters, I think is how you say it. Reuters story. Uh, like an AP type story. So, it was an unknown Ukrainian man who has saved at least four families so far. Uh, this was recounted to the reporter about a man who escaped Maripol, Ukraine. In the man's own words. I left the bomb shelter and saw a car with keys and ignitions near the store. I watched it for two hours, waited for the owner. I didn't wait any longer. I took my family, got in the car, and drove to Vinitec to get relatives. I found a phone number in the glove box and called the owner. Sorry I stole your car to save my family. The owner goes, thank God, don't worry, I have four cars. I took my family out in my Jeep. The rest of the cars I filled with fuel and left in different places with the keys wow. the ignition and the number in the glove box i received callbacks from all cars there will be peace see you take care of yourself that's cool. i don't know who this guy is they didn't have his name anything but that's my hero of the week think about that to be that self self-sacrifice oh that generous selfless selfless, selfless. Yeah. thank you that's what i was looking for no yeah. I, that's fucking that's cool shit so that's my hero of the week Heroes and zeros. One last segment, three stars. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. So you mentioned this earlier in the week, how every time there's either a delayed game or offsides, penalty, puck goes out of play, all the all the players on the ice immediately hand goes up. Like, okay, blow the fucking whistle. So that's everybody in high school hockey, everybody in the AHL, everybody in beer league, in East Coast. It's just the automatic thing. So our three stars of the week are the three most prominent or best hand gestures that you recognize almost immediately. Well, like we said, we said, what are some other hand gestures that everyone recognizes? Like the hand up for a delay of a whistle. So my third star. So we're going to take the finger out of it, the middle finger, everybody knows. My third star, and I don't own one, but if you know anybody who owns a Jeep Wrangler, they always talk about the Jeep Wrangler wave when you, when, you, when you go Wrangler to Wrangler as you drive by. I think it's kind I used of cool. to own a Renegade back in the day, and it was yeah. I think that's kind. Of, I'm a, I'm good with that. So that'd be my so interesting story. thing. Remember, I was up in Maine a few weeks ago with my buddy working on his cottage. Yeah, we're in Lowe's or the hardware store, and he had on a pair of overalls. Right while while we're up there. And we're walking through the store and we pass another guy with overalls. The guy doesn't say anything to me, but he goes to my buddy's like, how you doing? And my buddy's like, how you doing? And they pass each other. We get into the row and I look at him and I go, did that guy just Jeep wave you over overalls? He's like, I think so. So that might be a thing in the overall world. I don't know. I like that. Yeah. So there you go. All right. So my third star is uh thumbs up or hang loose. Like when you're like, 
getting carried off the carried off the ice, thumbs up, or everybody's like, You okay? Hang loose. I'm okay with the hang loose as well. Johnny Tsunami. I like that. Yeah, there you go. So my number my, two my third star. My number two star, the jerk off. <laughs> I, that, that one like that's right i that's right up there with like a flipping off i remember my dad used to get so fucking mad at me he'd be like and i'd be like okay bud he's like what did you just do to me so that's my number two just a little actually that just reminded me i thought of a I thought of a, a honorable mention that i'm gonna do now the kid this kid who i used to coach he moved to new orleans he's the one who turned me on to this when you beep at someone instead of giving them the finger you give them a thumbs up. Oh. Because there's nothing more like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. When you're like, beep, beep, hey, you, thumbs up. Like a super sarcastic thumbs up. Anyway, so that was my honorable mention. My uh, number two is if you're out to dinner and you want the check, what do you do? All right, I got to get in the camera like that. Check, please. You, oh, I, I'm normally like writing. Yeah, okay. that works. Yeah. I like that. Yep, get the. I get a lot of shit for that. Like, oh, wait for them to come to the table. I'm like, fuck that. No, the guys over there talking to the bartender or something. You see me, like, hey, bud. That's a good one. My number one is when you're driving on the Northway or any sort of interstate, and you go by a trucker and you give him a. Oh, good one, good yep. one. That that would be my number one because everyone all the fucking do it. It's like hell yeah, like That's like a little thing one. made my day. I did that to my daughter when she was little. Scared the shit out of her. <laughs> well, I should have warned her. Uh, my number one star from years of bartending and years of spending time in bars is when you're sitting in the bar and the bartender looks over and you look at your buddies and you give them, I got to get it on camera, but you go like this. Oh, yeah. Another yeah. round. Another, Another round. round. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a good my one. favorite. That's my number one. They're, they're, I mean, that's three stars. We've we've had almost back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back weeks of just having three stars. Oh, well, you gave me so much shit for the double. Like, oh, <laughs> I didn't, I, you I didn't know if we were if still didn't know if we were in 12 or 15 stars. <laughs> yeah, but see, I if you notice when we do the multiple stars, it's when the sheet is slim. Right True. now we're at a, we're in an hour 30 with three it's stars. Pinnacle. Perfect. It's a pinnacle. You gotta check out buddy. You gotta you gotta feel the vibe, you know, you gotta roll with the punches. I still have my my whole thing about movies that I'm upset about that I'm saving for when we have a short podcast. So you know. Well, well. As, as exciting it is for first round of playoffs, we have that doomy gloomy where hockey might be almost over here in the next couple months, which sucks. So um, but to the listeners, that's when we'll be pumping out the interviews. Yes, and we're we're soaking it up as much as we can right now, but Thanks for tuning in. First round of the playoffs. Brownie, you got anything else? No, it's uh, where, what are we? So by Sunday, first round will be over. Uh, yeah, I think so. Friday. Yeah. Yep. Should be. So we will, we'll talk to you Sunday, probably Sunday or Monday before the next round with our wrap ups and predictions. And I'm going to keep it G this time. Jerome McGinley, wherever you are, I hope you're having a wonderful day, sir. And I would love to have you on the podcast. That was so much class here. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will uh, we'll talk to you next week. See you.